regular season game in basketball, beating Charleston in a game that up until the very end was much closer. Very competitive. Very competitive. Much closer than we all anticipated. Cardiac hearts. The cardiac hearts do that to you. Uh, Another story that I'm looking forward to. Oh, I, I can't skip. University of Kentucky loses to Missouri. Well, no, University of Kentucky's first game was on Friday night. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Impressive win by my Wildcats. Future is looking very bright for the number one team in the nation. It is, and they will. We will find out how bright that star will shine, Carlo, on Tuesday, won't we? Yes, we will. They're playing against Michigan State. Big game. You know that's what I love about this Kentucky team, the culture that we that Calipari brings. He's He's coming out the gate swinging and fighting. You know, we're not playing teams like College or Charlestown out the gate, you know, all these bubblegum teams. We're coming out, hitting the ground running, playing the competition right off the bat. Mike is, uh, Tom Izzo is one of the, the best coaches in the game right now. Oh, there's no, no question. Top three. No question about and that. Of course, he's number three. We all, we all know who number one is Coach K. Calipari. Oh. Another story we're going to get to is Anthony Davis having a very successful NBA season so far. In my eyes, maybe one of the bright stars of the league in the future. I mean, do we? He's only nineteen years old. Do we? He's not nineteen years old now. Okay, yeah, he's twenty. Yeah. Is he going to win an MVP? Does he have multiple NBA MVPs in his future? Possibly. I don't know. But what we do, we don't know if he will win the MVP. What we do know about Anthony Davis is he likes to have a good time. If you call that a good time. And what was released over the last couple of days was a video of him doing just that. Apparently, according to the look on his face, having the time of his life, he was pinned down in a locker room, possibly in Lexington. We don't know. Right, Carlo? Pinned down, butt naked, hand behind his back, giggling, obviously having a great time, uh, getting spanked, and then just laughing laughing it up at the end. I thought it was funny. I, you know, I know I'm a Louisville fan, and I should hate on everything Kentucky, and that's what a lot of Louisville fans are doing right now. Kids do dumb stuff. If you would see some of the things that I've done in my life, and it happened to have been recorded, I mean, I've done a lot weirder and uh, more inappropriate and stranger things than that. So, I mean, I have no room to judge. He who has not sinned can throw the first stone. What What is your take on the, along with the Richie Incognito hazing story that is so popular and dominates the sports media these days. This goes right along the lines of it, although it doesn't look like they were actually hurting him or being mean. There was, a, as Carlo pointed out to me, there was the use of the N-word at one point in the background. I don't read too much into that. What do you think of that hazing of Anthony Davis, Carlo? I mean, it's, you know, if you've ever been a jock before, it's all kind of foolery that goes on in the locker room. You know, the kids do dumb stuff. I didn't see any harm in it. It was probably a bet he lost, then uh, that was his punishment. Where it is, it may look, but guys do dumb stuff. You know, these are kids. It's just locker room joking around. I don't see any harm in it. Even though you did hit the N word in the background, you know, uh, yeah, I don't approve of that. But I don't think it's totally different than the whole Richie Incognito story. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah totally different. A few other stories before we head to our first break. I'll touch on is Ron English, who for one season was the defensive coordinator for University of Louisville. At one point, I was sold on him as possibly being a future head coach of the Cards. I, I was a big Ron English fan. He was fired on Friday um, as the head coach of Eastern Michigan over five seasons. He's been a, went 11-46. and 46. Wow. But the reason he was actually fired, or the reason they're saying he was fired, 
was a video that was recorded of him using homophobic slurs in a, a meeting with defensive backs. Um, he has issued a statement apologizing, acknowledging the seriousness of the issue, things Wait, like you know that. What? So the political correctness of all these Richie Incognito things like that could be a theme of the show to an but extent. A, a lot of a lot of times, playing you know being in sports, boxing, you know you hear oh. some of the slurs like the F word, the F A word, but yeah. it, I don't. It's not really an attack on their culture. It's really saying that you're soft. It has, oh, it, nothing, it, it, it has nothing to do with sexuality. At the same time, when it's... You, when it, you say it. Yeah, it's the same time, you know... I think it has a totally different meaning now than it, it did 10, 15 years ago. Still inappropriate. It's always inappropriate, right? Can we agree on that? We don't have to. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay, but I, I, it's always inappropriate. But, I've, I've heard it before. Like, yeah, I may quit acting like a, you know... And it's just being soft. No, it's very it commonly do, used. If you were to, to record sexuality. football coaches behind closed doors into... Oh, they say all kind of crazy stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, my middle school coach, I mean, eh, that's a very popular type of word to use, but... Maybe you know, they should start it, saying pansy. Hey, hey you pansy. Yeah, call him a sissy. Call him a, a coward. No, you know, the S word, isn't that's a slur. Is it? Yeah. Then again, I don't. I don't find it offensive. I think it's just more as being soft. But homosexuality has nothing to do with sexuality. A, a topic that that yeah. you know. I mean, a lot of people are, are fans of Eastern Michigan, possibly mm-hmm. who are homosexual, and they. So what if he was in a defensive, defensive meeting, like quit acting like a bunch of pansies, and you know, saying all these corny? You words. You think the kids would laugh at him? <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Another story is Jerome Simpson, former second round draft pick for my Cincinnati Bengals, uh, wide receiver. Very athletic, does flips into the end zone, now plays for the Vikings, has uh, 33 receptions for 491 yards with zero touchdowns. But most impressively, he ordered multiple pounds of marijuana to be delivered to him a few years ago at his home, uh, I think in California. He got a DUI a couple nights ago. Pat Knight says his dad should come out of retire. I'm sorry, not come out of retirement, but he should let go of the grudge he holds against the Indiana University um, administration. And then he should come back and have kind of an honorary type uh, coaching of a game. I'm sure the truth calling in will we'll have some yeah, comments should, on that. Yeah, I don't think he should. I think he should hold the grudge because they did him wrong, man. He Carlo, brought them multiple oh, national championships. You don't treat a guy that way. Indiana Pacers are, are now 7-0. and We want to touch on that a little bit. Danny Granger's back. John Wall and Anthony Davis are both having very impressive NBA seasons thus far. My question to our listeners is, are they transcendent type of players? Are they the type of guys who will change the culture within the state of Kentucky to a only college basketball state? Or will the love of these guys among the crazy Kentucky fans, will it, similar to how it happened on Tobacco Road, will it change it to where we become more of an NBA-centric state? So I Don't forget about Cousins. He's having a great season Cousins also. Cousins is too. You're right. There's so many NBA guys out there from Kentucky. It's tough to track. You're right, though. Cousins is having a very good season, too. Are those the type of guys who can change the culture within the state? I want to encourage our listeners, give us a call. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Give us your feedback. I know we'll hear from Truth Carolina. We have a, a few guests lined up. We're going to hear from um, the boxing commissioner, Todd Neal, to talk about the UFC event from this past Wednesday. Brian the Insider should be calling us with a horse racing update. Kyle Dugan from South Florida should be giving us a call. Talk about the Richie Incognito story. We will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with Carlo Kellum. I'm Kelly Patrick. You're doing an awesome job, Kelly. I appreciate it. You know, uh, on top of the 
Uh, lack of electricity and the problems technically that we've had this morning. I am actually running the boards this morning. So I appreciate all our listeners' patience sticking with me this morning. Um, we do have on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, we have our man Brian the Insiders, who I'll, I'll bring on here in just a moment. Brian. Good morning, guys. How hey, you doing? Great. How you doing? Great, great. Brian, I know that there's been some good activity going on at the track. You were actually in Louisville at Churchill Downs yesterday. What is going on post-Breeders' Cup in the world of horse racing? Well, I tell you what, I've been at the track the last two days, and nice crowd yesterday out at the track, beautiful weather, uh, you know, real nice fields. Uh, I've been real impressed with what uh, has happened post-Breeders' Cup with Churchill Matter of fact, the lady that was uh, serving me drinks uh, said that uh, much better crowd yesterday than even for the Breeders' Cup. So uh, nice crowd, nice uh, fields, good payoffs, and uh, very exciting racing out there. And it obviously continues for the rest of the month, lead up to the, uh, the t- on Friday the 29th, the day after Thanksgiving, the uh, annual fall uh, classic, and that's the uh, the Clark Handicap for older horses going a mile and eighth on the on the dirt. So uh, everything is going to kind of go up to the, uh, the Clark Handicap on the 29th, but a big day of racing uh, on Thursday on Thanksgiving. But uh, a lot of good racing left at Churchill Downs this fall meet, guys. Brian, uh, I know there was some breaking news about the uh, concussion testing for jockeys. Is this a common injury that happens to jockeys when they suffer concussions? Oh, yeah. Boy, you get flung off one of those horses, and you get a lot of times, you know, that's the uh, the least of the problems. When they get flung off them and thrown into a either the ground or into a railing, uh, then you've got to dodge 1,200-pound animals trying to trample over you like we've seen in the past. Yeah, concussions are – I tell you, I can't think of any uh, – we're hearing a lot of problems with uh, concussions in the NFL. I can't think of a riskier job in the world than being a jockey on thoroughbreds. I mean, that is just – uh, they're the greatest athletes in the world, those guys. they got to keep their weight down. They've got to stay in excellent condition so that they have the strength to hold these horses at uh, 112, 115 pounds, and then they've got the uh, the deal they got to face when they get pitched from them. A lot of times, nothing that they can do. The horse will break down or someone will cut them off, and uh, off they go. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. They're just now you know, bringing this to light, You know, like you said, with the NFL concussions, but... I'm glad to hear the Jockey Club is going to fund jockey concussion, uh, jockey concussion testing now. So it sounds like a big breakthrough and win, a win, win situation for the jockeys. Yeah, you know that's been a that's been a, a thing with horse racing forever. Uh, you know where you'll see, and they've got the jockeys put their own fund together where they help uh, take care of crippled jockeys. But unfortunately, in that sport, uh, the, the sport of kings horse racing, that is a that's a bad part of it. You'll see. Uh, uh, you know, jockeys that are permanently in wheelchairs. It happens uh, too often, but it's, it's it's part of the territory. It's a very, very, very tough sport. Well, John Velasquez, uh, looks like he had a successful surgery, I heard, uh, a few days ago. you know anything about his uh, yep. current status? Well, actually, what happened with John, John, and who's been the Eclipse Award leader for the uh, leading thoroughbred uh, jockey for many years. I mean, he's, he's a top-rated jock. He, uh, at the Breeders' Cup, his horse broke down. And uh, he actually had to go into the hospital out there in California and have emergency surgery to have his spleen removed. Uh, so uh, he's he's on the mend. They do expect him back, but it, it'll be a while. So he's out. But uh, 
as I said, it just goes to show you just how uh, how challenging that profession is. Wow, I can't believe that. Next Friday, Brian, I know Kelly's not going to be in town, but it doesn't mean we still can't hang out. Are we Are we going to yeah. do the night at the Downs? Yep, I'm planning on coming back into town for that. I'll let you know on that. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that, that is really the signature day left, uh, and uh, they've been getting nice crowds out there. Weather holds up. Uh, it'll be a little cooler than it is, obviously, in the summer for Donna uh, Downs or uh, racing at night. But uh, they're expecting a big crowd and uh, going to have the bands out there and uh, all the young people will be out there. So expecting a real nice crowd next Saturday for night racing. Who do we need to look forward to? Uh, give me some race, give me some horses I can bet on. I'm sorry? I said, who? what horses can we look forward to racing on that Friday night? Give me some horses, uh, some names I can bet. I need some advice. Well, we'll yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. They'll, they'll be releasing Saturday's uh, okay. card this Wednesday. Uh, so uh, when it comes out, I'll be obviously going to, uh, going over that card very carefully. You know, a lot of people with horse racing think that the cards are out. I remember uh, when we had Fat Day running, people would always say, when's he running next? And that's the thing you got to learn about horse racing. Uh, these are fragile animals, and a lot of times the owners and the connections don't know up until just uh, a day or two uh, if they've actually been entered in the race, if the race is going, and uh, if all's going good with the horse, then they'll go. So uh, those involved in horse racing know it's, uh, it's last minutes a lot of times on the field and where their horses are going. But uh, that's part of the territory and what makes it such a great sport. Hey, guys, I know I'm talking about horse racing, but I wanted to give a shout-out to my Pacers. Uh, you know, they, they did great last yeah. year, got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, in my opinion, been very much overlooked in the preseason. Uh, people talking about the Knicks and the Nets and the Bulls, but uh, here are the Pacers, 7-0, and uh, only undefeated team left in the NBA, and when you play defense like the Pacers do, you're going to be in there for the long haul. Roy, uh, big boy Roy, is leading the league in block shots, and uh, it, uh, they play defense. Larry Bird did a fantastic job over the offseason reloading that bench, and uh, now they've got a very competitive bench, and uh, I expect them to have another big, big year in Indiana. Is it safe to say that Roy Hibbert is probably the best big man in the NBA right now? Wow. Arguably so. I think oh, he's I the think number so. one center. Oh, I agree 100%. He's 7'2". Uh, you know, his footwork has gotten great. He knows what he can do and what he can't do. He's not overly athletic, so, I mean, he doesn't push it. But, uh, boy, you look at his stats this year, and uh, he is really performing uh, and uh, solid in there, solid rebounding. Occasionally, he'll get you 20 points, but it's that, it's that defense. When you've got the guy that can protect, protect the rim like big boy Roy does, uh, it makes up for a lot of deficiencies defensively. And Paul George is having an absolutely fantastic uh, season so far. He's fourth in the league in scoring and uh, a real lockdown defender. Uh, so, I mean, they really look good. I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing out of the Pacers. Good stuff, Brian. We certainly appreciate your update on the world of horse racing and your insight into the Pacers. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, guys. Really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good stuff there from Brian. Yeah, you're going to miss out next Friday, man. We're going to hang out with Brian the Insider, Night at the Downs. We're going to have a great night, have some fun. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Kelly, we're going to be in hiatus next week. We're not going to be around. We're, going, we're taking a vacation, a much-needed uh, Sunday off. Certainly. We'll have national programming on next yeah. week, which is one of the reasons I'm really glad that we got the electricity back up and running so we can inform our what has to be hundreds of thousands of listeners. Um, I, I would say millions. Ba- 
Uh, maybe millions, yeah. because when you take so, into consideration the people who stream us across the, yeah. overseas, yeah. you're right. You got to um, take all those people into account. Yeah, I, I didn't want them to think that we were actually just you know abandoning them. Yeah, we can't make them think that we got our show canceled. So yeah, we had to get on the air, let them know that next week we'll be on vacation, resting, you know, get you know, getting prepared for the the, the end of the year. So once again, today's show is going to be a little bit of a combination of the knockout hour and the weekend sports buzz. I know you know there's a lot of people who listen to weekend sports buzz, not always as much into boxing, but unfortunately we had our, our weekend, um, the knockout hour taken away from this this morning. So after our next break, we will have Todd Neal, boxing commissioner for the state of Kentucky, obviously also covers mixed martial arts within the state of Kentucky. Todd will be joining us. Um, to tell us about how the UFC event went from this past Wednesday. Carlo was fortunate enough to be there. We are going to head to a break. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. This past uh, week, there was a Salute to the Troops event in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. UFC was in town. Dana White brought an awesome card here. Main event was Rafael Natal versus Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy spent 10 years in the Army, so he was the hometown uh, favorite for this event. I haven't seen this much excitement in a long time. It was good to see the fans, the troops there, having a great time. They were pretty much there all day. The event started around uh, 2 o'clock and didn't end until about 8 p.m., and they were there probably at noon. So they were there all day for this event. The crowd was electric. It was exciting. You can just hear people say, kick him in the face, and they were wanting to see blood. And it, it, it was great to see. Dana White bought his A game for the troops. And on the line, we have the man who made it all possible, my friend, my mentor, the great Todd Neal. Like the introduction, Todd? Hey, guys. <laughs> no, that's too much. I didn't make it possible at all. It's actually, you know, the – the fighters themselves that make it possible, but you helped out. I saw you on TV. Uh, I want your autograph next time I see you, Carlo. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, Mr. Evans got a little bit more TV time than I did. Well, you know, uh, you, you got to start out somewhere, and, uh, you know, CBS, Fox will be calling, I'm sure, pretty soon. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity, Ty. I had a great time, great experience. Uh, it, it's one of the most memorable moments of my life. I really mean that. It, it, that's great. It, it, you know, it's experience. Uh, it's a chance for us to uh, uh, not only reward the people that have helped us out through the year, but to, to get some of our best officials some actual time, you know, at the big time. The UFC is, uh, you know, the NFL of uh, MMA. So uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of an honor for folks to do it, and I appreciate all y'all who uh, helped me out. Without you all, it wouldn't have been possible. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate that. I know, Todd, you had mentioned uh, earlier in the week that UFC was satisfied with the event. They're looking forward to coming back to the state soon? They are. I spoke with uh, Mark Rantner, who's the uh, governmental affairs. He has a lot to do with where they go. and He was totally impressed with the way we handled it. He was happy with uh, the inspectors who actually... uh, uh, you know, escorted the guys in, how we got the physicals done. It was pretty chaotic there at first. And then uh, he also made the comment about the judge. You know, MMA is, is somewhat getting a black eye of in the judging, you know, not unlike boxing is being. In fact, uh, a lot of states are using boxing officials 
as MMA judges. And, uh, you know, it's if you're not exposed to it, not really uh, been around a lot, it's, uh, it's not the same. Todd, I know this wasn't the first event of the UFC in the state of Kentucky. How many events have there been before Wednesday's UFC event? And how significant is it that UFC continues to come back to the state of Kentucky? Well, you know, Kentucky is really, um, you know, I mean, it's a derogatory way. We're kind of small beans. Uh, we don't have the casinos. We don't have the big corporate backing as they do in Las Vegas. The people in uh, Mohegan Sun, even, you know, which is in Connecticut, and uh, money talks. So UFC goes where they have a lot of sponsorship, and most of it's paid. Now, you got to remember, everything at Fort Campbell, was they got zero revenue. The only revenue they received was from Fox Sports 1 for putting on that show. But I was looking at a payout sheet, and their purse money, just purse money, not the logistics, not the TV, not all the people there, was $900,000 for that show this past Wednesday. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It is. And not to, have a, not to have a sponsor. Now, to them, you know, they're a pretty big corporation. They're making uh, pretty good money right now. So that, you know, all in all, it's a tax write-off. It's a business. But what they did was, you know, for the troops, and it's tremendous, and it does a lot, not only goodwill, but does for something for some of the guys that, hey, they may never get a UFC fight, ever. And uh, it brings the right to them where they don't have to go anywhere. I mean, Carlo, how many guys do we see walking to while we were trying to get in? Yeah, it was, yeah, they they were excited. It, it, it was close to what, about 2,000, 2,500 people in there, at least? Yeah, actually, actually, the number they said they got in there was 35. Wow, and then they had Which another was, section uh, next right. door, right? There was another section right. next door they, they were watching another, on TV. Right, they had another 1,500 in there, so it's about 5,000 total that were actually at the event or watching on uh, closed circuit right next door. Wow, looks like it was, I had, like I said, it was one of the most memorable moments of my life. The main event lived up to the hype. Uh, Tim Kennedy got the the crushing left hand knockout over uh, Rafael Natal. I don't know if I got Raf- if I gave Rafael bad luck by walking him to the ring or not, um, <laughs> but he, he got knocked out in the first round. I thought it'd be a more competitive fight in the main event, but it, it was exciting, well, a surprising knockout. Yeah, Natal took that uh, fight on about two weeks' notice, so he really didn't have tr- time to train. You can tell he's a little bit out of shape, mm-hmm. and uh, he could, you know. Uh, when you don't have a training camp or somebody like the likes of uh, Tim Kennedy, you don't uh, you don't do too well. But he did get knocked out, and uh, uh, if you didn't notice that there was a lot of injuries, um, and we don't see that in amateur division. And just like to point out that when you're fighting at a pro level, you're fighting at the highest level possible, and injuries tend to stack up against better competition. Guys know what they're doing. They know how to cause damage. We had one guy, uh, Chris uh, Camosi. His actually his retina was bleeding. Wow! And uh, yeah, Lorenz Larkin, right? That's the guy that fought Lorenz Larkin. Right, right. Fought Lorenz, and Lorenz was really put on a show. Oh yeah, it was fabulous. 
Yeah, he looks real good. Listeners, if they get his, yeah, he's uh, he's actually a Kentucky boy. He's fought here many times as an amateur, and I know Lorenz really well. He's a good kid. Uh, but I encourage your listeners to go back and watch uh, watch it watch it by if you can. It was it was very entertaining. You know what's really impressive to me is that not only Rafael Nadal took the fight on two weeks of notice. But that he's normally a tennis player, and that he was able to get in the ring. That was Rafael Nadal, right? <laughs> right, right. And that, uh, Nadal, I think, is his name. Yeah, that, that's his Natal. name. Pretty, pretty much Rafael Nadal. It's Nadal. Just, just a different pronunciation, I guess. There. Huh? <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Ty, what about the fight that ended in a? Uh, it was kind of controversial. Big John was refereeing. I thought it was a good call. Uh, it was two low blows in the first round, and the third one seemed to look like a low blow, but it was right on the cup. Kind of reminiscent of Jab Judah and uh, Amir Khan, the way that ended. It did. Um, the first two were obvious cup shots, and uh, uh, once again, you, to get a chance to look at that fight again, I watched it several times. The third one was right at the belt line, which was over the top of the cup. And if you watch it, the first two, he was actually in pain and agonizing. Mm -hmm. And the third one, when he got hit, if you watch the replay, he gets up almost immediately Mm -hmm. afterwards. And is not holding, you know, the the groin area. And uh, John made the call that, no, it was not a uh, groin shot at that time, that it was a legal blow, and pretty much either A, it did enough damage in the breadbasket, to incapacitate, or B, he was milking it for the third uh, shot to get DQ. Yeah, that, that was my thoughts on it. I thought that he uh, he was acting, like I said, it's kind of like what Zab Judah did. Same scenario, Zab Judah went down, I don't know if you remember that fight against American, uh, a fake low blow, and he tried to play it off like it was a legitimate low blow, and he didn't even get hit nowhere near, uh, near his cup, but... John, I thought Big John made a good call, and the, and the troop is like, let them fight. And you, you should have seen it, Kelly. All the troops stood up. I was like, let them fight. Oh, yeah. Let them fight. Yeah. It was amazing. Definitely a unique situation, whereas it didn't, they didn't sell tickets to the general public, right? I mean, how, how, how exactly does that work? You have to be a member of the, the United States military to have attended. Could anybody in the military have got in, or how did that work, Todd? No, it was actually for active duty Fort Campbell Bay soldiers only. And the ones who got priority were the ones who had most recently came back to the States. There were several that uh, did uh, pretty much, I guess, duty for the week. They they pulled extra shifts doing uh, gate security. I talked to several of them. They actually helped set up the, the cage and set up the venue and uh, they got some prime seats. But they opened it up only to uh, those who really, uh, like I say, the ones that came back early are the latest. And um, they actually um, gave, gave ones the guys that are actually uh, asked, uh, had done extra things and had done really well on their PT test, whatever. They were telling me, I said, can anybody on base come? They said, no, that it was really actually pretty tough to get a ticket. Todd, we certainly appreciate the update on the UFC event from this past Wednesday. Looks like Carlos got an, an, another thing for you before we let you go. One more question, Todd. Can you tell us what's coming up next in the state of uh, Kentucky for MMA? Sure. Uh, the 23rd, we're off next week. But on the 23rd, we have two shows, uh, one in northern Kentucky at 
Turfway Park called Turf Wars. Looks about 20 fights so far. Hard Rock MMA will be in Shepherdsville. Uh, I'm sorry, Somerset. And right now he has about 16 fights. The week after that is Bluegrass Brawl, uh, be in Lexington, the Eric's Heritage Hall. And then the week after that, uh, future promotions, Boxing in Louisville, along with Dr. Patel, will be in Florence, uh, absolute action. Yeah, Dr. Patel's taking it to a, a, a old new facility, if I'm not mistaken. Usually it's at Williamsburg High School. Now he's going back to the sports arena, right? Right. Yeah, he's that- been there a few times before, and, uh, they, uh, they've reopened and he's Ty, I don't know what I'm going to do next weekend. No radio show, no fights. My life is going to be in shambles next weekend. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to no, do. That's kind of the way mine was this weekend. What we do, and that is we, uh, we do a lot of wrestling. And this state we had over 300 shows last year. Uh, and, uh, wrestling is, uh, we don't go to every one, but. You know, I'm driving back from Martin, Kentucky tonight, today, and a uh, show last night, real small show. Uh, we're actually the top rope broke, and a guy went through the top rope, went on the floor. Oh, wow. Well, so okay. it was an uh, exciting night in Martin, Kentucky. Wow, I'm pretty sure the fans got their money's worth. Hey, Ty, uh, once again, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of the UFC event. Once again, it's something I'm going to remember, remember for the rest of my life. So I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks at Turf Wars. I can't wait for that event. I am truly sad that I don't get to see you or any fights next weekend, or even Kelly. It's going to be a, a, a depressing weekend for me. I'm going to have to find something to do. I may have to spend actually spend time with my family. <laughs> but thanks, Todd. Wow. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Have me on. All right. Thanks Bye. a lot, Todd. Have a great rest of your weekend. Todd Neal, uh, Kentucky Boxing Commissioner uh, for the state. Speaking on the UFC event this past week and upcoming events coming up in the next couple of weeks. I can't wait for it. Kelly, you're doing a great job on the switchboards. You could do a little bit better, though, with your yeah, timing and I, I, cues, I'm man. I'm not, not yeah. the, the best timing. Trying to give you a little criticism. No, that's all right. But you it's know, positive. I, I appreciate our listeners. <laughs> like I said, 100,000 at least locally when you consider everyone overseas, millions. Um, I appreciate everyone sticking with us. Uh, I'm working the boards here. A lot to talk about today. We've just got about an hour left. We haven't talked about NFL yet, art NBA. It's so have, much I mean, to discuss. There really is. Special I mean, guest in studio. You know, we've got a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really even gotten into the uh, Richie Incognito, the hazing. Uh, we talk, touched a little on the Anthony Davis uh, hazing, which, I mean, that video is really changing the world. <laughs> I don't know, if, for those of our listeners who haven't seen it, how can they, you do a simple Google search for Anthony Davis being spanked, and I'm sure it'll come up, right? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure. The way, it, yeah, it, <laughs> whoever leaked that video is wrong. Pretty much. Why did it come out now? It looks yeah, like it was, it's while he was at Kentucky. Yeah, it, it was while he was at Kentucky, uh, I, I, I think. You know what? We don't know. It may have been when his first year. It looked like some rookie hazing. It did. You're this, right. This, I, don't, I don't think he was anybody. the heralded guy of that class, yeah. of that young Kentucky class. He wouldn't have been the one getting hazed like that. I mean. Because they were all freshmen. Who was going to haze him? Lamb? For those of you who don't know and you haven't seen the video, you owe it to yourself to see it. You get to see Anthony Davis. On his back, butt naked, being spanked and giggling. And, I mean, it's apparently a hazing ritual in the NBA of the the giggling and everyone having a good time and the spanking. Uh, Not quite on the level of Richie Incognito, who we will have a guest in the beginning of the second hour. Kyle Dugan will be joining us 
to, you know, he covers the among many Florida teams, the Miami Dolphins. I know, Carlo, that, that you were able to speak with Brandon Lawrence a little bit about the event or the, yeah, we, uh, the, the situation with Incognito yesterday on the show. I mean, overall, yeah, yeah, what's your take on Incognito? Would you want him? My question is, would you want him on your Giants, Carlo? I don't know because I don't know him as a person. Uh, you know, I mean, the way he used the the whole racial slur, if he hadn't used that, I probably wouldn't have had a problem with anything. Yeah. But the fact that he, I consider you an honorary black guy, Kelly. <laughs> really. But that doesn't mean that you, you're, you'd you be interested in me, hearing me you're, use the N-word. No, your street cred isn't, you know, it, it puts you right there as being an honorary black guy. Is it the way guy. that I'm running the boards this morning? <laughs> yeah, you're doing a great job. I appreciate it. But, I mean, but I don't I mean, know. What I mean, does you, the honorary get... black guy thing mean? I mean, I saw another video, I don't know, unrelated, to where we saw a shirtless Richie Incognito, apparently very intoxicated. And he's intoxicated, with Pouncey. Yeah. And he's with Pouncey, and he's continually yelling. You hear, you hear yeah, it. He's yelling a, in, the, Mike in, Pouncey, in, 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 my in N-word. Yeah, that's the one that ends in an A. That's the most commonly used word uh, in, the, in the culture. But, okay, it's like this, man. I was at the, a red light a couple of days ago. Okay. Pull up the red light. Uh, a group, a car, some white guys pulled up, and they white were just, guys, yeah, blasting Little Wayne, and every other word was the N word. I'm like, you know, once it stopped being used on on that type of level in music, I think then it'll die. Yeah, you know, I don't approve of it, but what do you expect? You know, if that's how people are listening to in music, you're gonna, they're going to say it. Uh, undisclosed source. So one of my friends, assistant coaches at a big time school here, high school, big time football school here. Uh, I won't disclose it because this was an off-the-record conversation. So he's telling me that it's in the locker room all the time. You hear the white kids saying it to the black kids in the locker room. Where does that, I mean. And then you hear the black kids saying it to the white kids in the locker room, and it's just, it's okay. I think it's a different generation nowadays, man. You know, uh, I grew up where my grandmother and my you know grandparents, you know, I was a little bit closer to what they had to go through and endure using that word. I think these kids, this generation, they're not as close to it. I don't hear those type of stories, and. I don't think they understand the, the the ramifications of the how hurtful it is. Apparently not. The one takeaway I'm getting from this whole incognito situation, really, that stands out to me is Mike Wallace, many other African American teammates are defending of Richie. Incog- incognito yeah. are defending Richie Incognito. Whereas you hear guys like Colin Coward and 1450's own Dan Patrick and Jim Rome obviously being very critical of the use of the N word. And the, the the way he handles himself and Richie Incognito's past in general. What he so did with my, the golf my main club. takeaway is that culture inside. Yeah, what he did with the golf club, the sexual harassment issue that came out yesterday. This guy is a maniac. But we as civilians, I guess we'll say, outside of NFL locker rooms, do not grasp and have no way of grasping what the culture is on the inside of that locker room because it's so far fetched. For me to, you're, you and I are friends, for me to be comfortable or want to say words like that or to do, you know, I mean, that's just a different level of the bullying is obviously intrinsically a fa- part of the fabric of NFL culture and football culture. I played football to a very small degree in freshman year of high school, and that was the extent of my football. And it was involved, you know, getting knocked down and hurt and yelled at, and there was fights on the field, and there were fights in the locker room. but And I had African-American teammates, but at no point would I have ever <laughs> felt like that would be something that would, you know, would, we would communicate Maybe this is the situation. And I, I think I told you the story. When I was in college, I had a roommate. Uh, maybe I didn't tell you the story. I don't know. I, I, not a roommate. I had a suite mate my senior year. 
And this is guy. He was on the cheerleading team. I just didn't like the guy. I didn't like him at because all. he was on the cheerleading team. Not because he was a cheerleader. He. I just didn't like him okay. at all. And I probably terrorized him a little bit. I ended up in the hall director's office quite a few times just from having encounters with this kid. I didn't like him at all. I've always wondered. And it may be the type of situation with Jonathan Martin. It sounded like in the locker room, guys just didn't like him. Maybe it was from his Harvard, Stanford background, from his parents. He came from a pretty uh, uh, nice family. He went to Stanford. He's a smart guy. He's not a dumb guy. No. He's very intelligent. But no, it yeah. sounds like he's a guy that people just didn't like. Different topic. And that, and that happens. Different topic, Carlo, but I've always wondered, how do those cheerleading men, how do they do with the ladies? I mean, it, oh, it, this guy was a complete, oh, man, he, talk about a douche to the third degree. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I don't know where but he I is mean, now. I've but always thought that, you know, if you I wanted could, yeah, to, he, you're always around a bunch of cheerleaders. It wouldn't be a bad move to, to be a male cheerleader. You get to lift weights, you're on a, maybe on a scholarship, you get to stay in shape, you're around all the women. This all guy the was a I've thought bag. that maybe that, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I was probably a little bit. I did terrorize him you a little because like I didn't like him. You picked on him. I picked on him. I you did. were Richie Incognito. And, you know, I didn't want, looking back on I didn't want to, but that's how much I didn't like the guy. It's just the stuff that he did that really ticked me off, that caused me to react that way, honestly. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't forget about the Oxmo Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We'll be right back with your weekend sports buzz. And welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. <laughs> sports buzz, excuse me, with your host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. We're here live in the Weekend Sports Buzz Studios, having a great show. Had some technical difficulties earlier on in the day, in the morning. Kelly's doing a great job on the switchboard. Thank you very much, Carlo. Thank you. But we have a special guest on the line, Cal Dugan. He's on to talk about Richie Incognito. He actually wrote a great article on sportsintelligence.com. It's actually sportsintelligence.blogspot.com regarding the Richie Incognito story. He's going to touch on that right now. Cal, are you there? Yeah, how's it going? Doing good. Uh, glad to have you on the show. I read the article. It's a great piece that you put out there. Uh, just kind of tell oh, the, well, tell, tell everybody kind of about uh, about the article and how close you are to the situation. Well, I mean, uh, the, the whole situation has captivated uh, the national audience as well as you know the local audience in South Florida, and it's 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 something that I believe happens in a lot of NFL locker rooms, but. Uh, the way that this has kind of just been an outpouring of information on a daily basis, it's really, really uh, electrified uh, the masses as far as what goes on in NFL locker rooms with hazing, uh, with bullying, and what we can do to stop that. And um, as far as being close to the situation, you know, the, the players have come out and they've defended Richie Incognito and... Uh, They've they've made it clear that they want to clear his name. Now, is this a situation where this guy just wasn't liked in the locker room by anybody? Was he just not a likable guy? Uh, incognito? Uh, not Jonathan, inco- Martin? Jonathan Martin. Well, Jonathan Martin uh, felt like he was kind of alienated. I mean, it's been reported by numerous sources that Richie Incognito would hold team meetings at strip clubs. Um, he wanted to uh, try to sort out issues through physical matters. I mean, he's just a, a, a brutal, physical offensive lineman, the type of, uh, of offensive lineman that, uh, you know, gets deep in the trenches, annoys guys. Last year he had an incident with uh, t- Texans defensive end Antonio Smith when he ripped his helmet off and uh, the Texans defender would swing at him. He's just that type of guy. And he wanted everybody on that offensive line to be a part of his team. 
And if you were to go against him, if you weren't willing to take a trip to Vegas and spend $15,000 on gambling and stripping, then you weren't a part of his team. And he, he pretty much isolated you for that. And uh, despite players saying, including quarterback Ryan Tannehill saying that if you were to ask Jonathan Martin two weeks ago who his best friend was, he would say Richie Incognito. Jonathan Martin found himself in a situation this past week where he felt like he had to leave the team. And uh, people are supporting Incognito over Martin, so I think that does speak to his likability within the Dolphins' locker room. Let me ask you this. When I look at that Dolphin roster, uh, I don't see any leaders, I must say. Like, Jake Long's no longer there, former offensive lineman for the Dolphins. If he was still on that team... Great question. He was a true leader, in my opinion, of the offensive line. You think he would have stood for something like that? You know, that's that's a good uh, that's a good question. I mean, you definitely think so. He's a veteran presence, a former number one overall draft pick. Right now, the two uh, leaders on that offensive line seem to be Richie Incognito, who you know has definitely a his, history of anger problems, and um, uh, you know, there it's been noted what type of guy he is. And then the other guy who's been noted leader is Mike Pouncey. You know, he's great friends with Aaron Hernandez, who's pictured over the summer wearing a hat that said, Free Hernandez. Wow. So it kind of speaks to the culture within that locker room and on that offensive line. And it would definitely be helped out if they had somebody uh, as a Jake Long. Now, Jonathan Cock, I mean, uh, Jonathan Martin hired a high-profile lawyer in David Cornwell who's handled some pretty high-profile cases, one being the Ryan Brom situation where he got that drug test overturned. I mean, what does this mean for the NFL? Because I don't think David Cornwell would took this uh, opportunity if he wasn't for sure he could win. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's such a history of Richie Incognito and, uh, and bullying and harassment. Uh, last year at a volunteer golf uh, team like tournament, he allegedly harassed a female volunteer by using a good golf club to uh, molest her. So um, there's a history of, of this type of action from Richie Incognito. I don't think it's going to be difficult for them to um, suspend him indefinitely and take pay away from him. I do expect Incognito to start fighting for lost wages because as of today, he's losing out on money. I think uh, DeMora Smith and the NFL Players Association will have an extremely tough time building a case for Richie Incognito. He met with NFL executives in 2012 last year to explain three off-field allegations that had happened, one including an incident outside of Club Live where he punched two bouncers. So um, I really think this case is going to swing in Jonathan Martin's uh favor in his direction, whether or not that's what the Dolphins players want or not. Kyle, as someone who has covered the Dolphins for years, they're sitting at 4-4 four and four before a Monday night game this Monday at 8.30 against the 0-8 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they win, they're above 500. I mean, this Dolphins team, Ryan Tannehill's not a bad quarterback. They've got talent. They just lost their former, you know, last year's Pro Bowler in Richie Incognito, and they're starting tackle in Jonathan Martin. How do they respond to this, and how do they go forward? Do you think this is the type of team that can make a playoff run? 
Well, I mean, they can certainly adopt the mentality of nobody believes in us, us against the world. And we've seen the New York Giants do that for years and have Eli Manning running off the field as the Super Bowl champion. But I really don't believe that they have the leadership there intact to do something like that. When you have, you know, a second-year quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, and he's publicly coming out favoring Richie Incognito, who seems to be the aggressor in the situation, it speaks to the abject failure of leadership within that locker room. I don't think Joe Philbin necessarily has the experience or the autonomy over his players to really get this group of guys together um, they don't have a much of a running game. The receivers can't make plays. Mike Wallace has, has been pretty much absent. Um, when you just look at a team devoid of all the off-field problems, it, it would have been tough for them to make the playoffs. But they do have a chance if they win on Monday night because of, you know, the division they're in. The New York Jets, you know, it's, they're the most bipolar team in the NFL. They win every other week. They have Gina Smith as the quarterback. So I think that they do have a chance of sneaking in with the sixth seed and the wild card, but I really don't see it happening. They don't have the offensive explosion, and this off-field problems aren't going to stop anytime soon. You know, what's funny to me is they have all this instability with Richie Incognito uh, and their starting left tackle, Jonathan Martin. And what is the, the solution for Jeff Ireland and the Dolphins' front office? Let's add Bryant McKinney to the mix. How comical is that, Kyle? Well, uh, that's them trying to save, you know, save themselves from a bad season. That's not necessarily a, a PR, PR move. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but they're they're des- uh, desolate at, at the offensive line position. They got Tyson Claybo uh, filling in for uh, Jonathan Martin on the left side, but they, they need all the help they can get. And uh, their running game is definitely not going to prosper from the holes in their offensive line. And Ryan Tannehill is currently the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. So uh, the issues aren't going to get any better. I mean, this hurts the Dolphins in all areas. Cal, in the sporting world, we've seen athletes get second chances. We saw it with Kobe Bryant, Michael Vick, even Riley Cooper had a big game last week. He's on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Richie Cagney, I think he's about, what, 33, 34. Is there a second chance in his future when this is all unraveled and, you know, and finished? Do you think he'll get a second chance and be able to come back? Well, I think that this is a different uh, situation than like a Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper, you know, uh, he he didn't have the the storied past of Richie Incognito when it came to off-field incidents. It was an isolated incident, and it was dealt with at that time. But Richie Incognito, even when he was coming out of college, Bill Polian, former uh, Indianapolis Colts vice president said that he had him on his do-not-draft list because of character. Mm. So this is a guy who's been known to, to have these type of problems in the past. He was released by the St. Louis Rams a couple of years ago for similar things. The guy, you know, he has anger problems, and he hasn't been able to work that out. So, uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think he'll be able to weather this storm and, and, and move on with his life. I don't know if another NFL team will want to sign a cancer to the locker room because that's the way the storyline has been playing out. Kyle, we appreciate you coming on with us again. You're becoming a regular. We look forward to having you on again in the future. We'll say you're an honorary member of a Team Weekend Sports Buzz in honor uh, of the honorary black man terminology that's used so much. Carlo, well, I, Carlo I consider, just appointed yeah, myself as I an honorary black guy. Yeah. I, I'm an honorary black man. <laughs> 
Kyle, you are now an honorary member of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Before we let you go, go ahead and let our listeners know, you know, do you have a Twitter account? Tell them about how they can read your stuff. Let them know. Yeah, follow me on at Sportelligent. Dot, uh, at Sportelligent. And you can also check out some of my other stories. I did a great write-up on the NBA season. Uh, I talk about uh, the baseball season that just transpired. Uh, it was a great World Series. That's all on sportelligent.blogspot.com. A lot of great stories on there. You need to check it out. Thank you very much, Kyle. Have a great rest of your weekend, and good luck to your Dolphins on Monday night. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Good stuff there from our great man interview. Kyle Dugan. Yeah, yeah great stuff. Um, I mean, that whole story is just dominating ESPN Sports Center. Madison, I mean, how is this bullying topic? I, my question is, you know, my wife knows about it. And that's kind of my gauge for if my wife has heard the story, then it really has staying power. We saw it earlier in the year with Riley Cooper, uh, and his video went viral. I mean, it's not that far off. Racial issues are always a magnet for attention from the general public. Madison, what do you think of the, the whole incognito and the bullying? And even the Ron English firing for the use of a homophobic slur, what do you think of the whole situation? I just want to know when it's all going to stop. I mean, why do we keep rewarding these folks for this behavior? And I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And then society wonders why we have the problems we have with our children with all this bullying that's going on now. Yeah, I mean, I was bullied. I was bullied and had to bully. I went to tough schools, though. Yeah, I, I went to Johnson I was, Middle School before it was traditional, and it was bad. It was real bad. Then went to Central before it went Magnet. Uh, it was bad. You ever seen the movie Lean on Me? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But it was kind of like that, man. You don't even know I mean, who Eddie he, Robinson he, is, man. He, Look, he you're, losing, you're losing your street cred, heart. man. You're losing it. <laughs> you're losing your street cred. But I still have the honorary <laughs> black man, right? right? Well, I mean, that's what matters. It, I mean, if you look at our society and me personally, what do I think's funny? What is something that really makes me laugh? Roasts, right? Like Dean Martin roasts. Just anything you want to say, just say it. Dean, yeah, right. Yeah. That's what people get kicked out. If you watch of. the Dean Martin, well, the even the new ones they have now, they get pretty brutal. Man. I mean, I I saw yeah. Warren Sapp receive many racial comments during one of the yeah. roasts. I mean, that I guess is what at our core humans like. I mean, am I for well, comedy? Is, this is comedy, what people like unless you have a big time job like a TV deal. Comedy is off. You know, they, they can say anything unless you got a big deal. But you know what? We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're coming right back. We're going to talk a little NBA. We haven't even talked NFL news yet. It's the NFL today. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back with your weekend sports. Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz with your host, Carlo Kellum. I'm also in studio with Kelly Patrick and also joined by Madison Steele. But before that, on the line, we have my favorite caller, my friend, Carolina Steve. Carolina, you there? Carolina? You there, Carolina? All right, you're on the line. Sorry about that, man. Kelly's been messing up all morning. (laughs) Uh, I I don't, I don't put the blame on Kelly. You say these German uh, radio equipment y'all are using, (laughs) left over from WW2, the big one. (laughs) That's a good one. What's going on, Carolina? Man, we missed you last week. You okay? Yeah, I was. I was going to call y'all and was sitting in the recliner and fell asleep. Oh, man. We must have bored you that day. I had, <laughs> no, uh, I was. I had stayed up and watched college football. I thought I was going to do that today. I stayed up last night uh, 
Like, you know, yesterday was one of the best college football days that I could remember in a long time. I got to see uh, Duke University, who I think it was four or five years ago actually went to court to get out of a, a series with U of L in football because they were claiming they were the worst football team in the nation. <laughs> and they they actually got out of it. Wow. And here they are now. They can actually make the BCS uh, play for a chance to go to the BCS Bowl if they can win, uh, win out. See, Kentucky, it's not that tough. All you got to do is stick with your football program. You can be the type of school who only has basketball as your tradition, and you can still excel in football. What's so tough about it, Carolina? Well, it, it's uh, at the time, they had the nation's longest losing streak oh. in football. That, that was the reason. Uh, and uh, it looks like that uh, Southern Mississippi is getting close to be, uh, having the nation's longest uh, losing streak. And they were such a good football team for, for a long time. They gave Louisville problems. They gave everybody problems. And now they're just about the worst football team in the nation. And yesterday I got a chance to see Frank Beamer return to glory by bringing the Hokies to a victory over the Hurricanes. And I did not like the Hurricanes uniform if you saw the game. I, I like the, I'm an old traditionalist. I, I didn't see the game. What, what was the uniform? That was it not to, why would they ch- go away from those, those uniforms that, uh, that they've used for so many years, Carolina? What, what did they look like and, and, uh, why did it rub you the wrong way? They were gray. Oh, that's, that doesn't fit the, the mold of the, the U. No, it doesn't. And uh, now I did like the helmet. The helmet looked real good. Virginia Tech went back to their old classic burgundy helmet with the VT uh, and the uh, white uniforms with the burgundy and orange stripe and everything. And that just that was just good. Before that, I got a chance to watch my, my favorite football team in action. Matter of fact, it was so good I watched it twice yesterday. Yeah, Carolina Panthers, right? Or East Carolina Panthers, right? No, it's East Carolina Pirates. Pir- I'm sorry, Pirates, yeah. Um, okay, I found out Tell something. us about it. Well, that, their quarterback just happens to lead the nation in ca- uh, pass percentage compl- of completion. And he has completed 73% of his passes. He threw for five touchdowns yesterday and ran for two and was nominated for uh, ESPN's performer of the, uh, of the game. And the way it is is you go vote on it, and I'm sure Pirate Nation has already started that because he's already won one performance of the week for his performance against the Tar Heels. So uh, he has a good chance. We, and they also have a guy nobody's heard of around here who may be the best wide receiver in the nation in Hardy. Here is a kid who was a walk-on. The only scholarship offer he had besides as a walk-on in East Carolina was to go to Fayetteville State to play. And here he is, one of the most acrobatic, one of the best wide receivers. He's also a kick returner, and he'll be going very 
I'm, I'm sure you'll be going high in the draft for this one, and uh, that makes East Carolina seven and two. They've got to win against UAB, and then they've got to win against uh, Marshall, which will be the day after Thanksgiving. And I'm very seriously thinking about going to it because it's only across the state line in Huntington, West Virginia, to play Marshall. So I may be going up there and actually see him play. Carolina, we, so, have, uh, we have some good news for you. I know that the last time we got a ticket for you, and, and it was going to be for the Future Promotions Professional Boxing event, that we, the event actually ended up being canceled. But hold your calendar for Saturday, December 7th, because we're going to get a ticket to you. We've got an event that will take place here in Louisville at Expo 5, um, and we'll, we'll mail a ticket out to you, Carolina. We look forward to letting you see some lo- good local boxing action. Good, good. I heard about the, uh, listen to y'all about the uh, event at uh, Fort Campbell. I've been watching a lot more of the MMA because of the fact that uh, I have ATT Universe, and uh, I get a, there's a lot of uh, MMA on that. Did you see me on TV? Did you, did you see me, uh, uh, Carolina Steve? I made my TV debut. On that, on that I did fight. not see you, but I'm sure it will be on again, and I will be sure to watch it. Carla. I, was, I was the black guy in the ring and doing the main event. I was going to say, how's he going to know who you are? <laughs> I was, I was the guy in the yeah. ring doing the main event, the bald guy. But it was awesome, man. Wish uh, you could have been there for that, man. It was a great event. Uh, UFC put put on a heck of a show for the troops. Okay, and also the best football game yesterday was everybody saw who's the best. They thought you, LSU James, couldn't touch it. Okay. Uh, Alabama. Alabama, obviously, yeah. I mean, that was close for I a thought, while there, wasn't Florida it, Carolina? Scary. I, I watched a lot of that. Do you think that famous Jameis Winston and the Florida State Seminoles have a chance against the Crim- Crimson Tide, Carolina? No. None? I, didn't I tell y'all after I went and saw Alabama in person at Commonwealth, they are the best football team I've ever seen in person in my life. Wow. And that uh, is, and I thought that Nick Saban did something too that uh, I really, really enjoyed And He said, with all the numbers, he actually said that uh, A.J. McCarron should be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. It's tough to argue Last with a title. guy who's won... What is it, getting ready to be three Yeah, I think he's the favorite because it's obvious Teddy Bridgewater is no longer in that conversation. We know that, Carlo, and I don't appreciate you continually repeating it every chance you get. Um, but I think Jameis Winston has a fair – I mean, you can make a certain Mar- – Marcus Mariota of Oregon played himself out with the, the uh, big disappointing loss and poor performance he had a couple Thursdays ago. But, I mean, you can still say Jameis Winston's a Heisman candidate, can't you, Carolina? Well, it is, but I tell you what, after watching Johnny football, yeah, don't count on that. Jonathan Bigskin, as, uh, as they call him now, he, uh, I thought that he's really the one that deserves it now, but he won't get it because he's made too many enemies yeah. and everything. But now let's get on. I hadn't heard y'all talk about it. Y'all surprised this. I'm looking forward to that. Basketball doubleheader uh, that Kentucky's in. On Tuesday? Yes, because I saw the team Friday night, and I've been watching this team since the 60s when I was in high school and uh, junior high, 
That's the best I've ever seen that team look is Duke University. They were actually looked athletic. They were running, and this Jabari Parker, he is something else. So that's the team for me to, to look out for for the national championship this year. It's a fair point, Carolina. Kentucky's got all these young studs, and, I mean, they have nine freshmen on the team. Um, but at the same time, Kansas has Wiggins. They've got Joel Embed. They've got a slew of experienced guys to go along with it. And don't forget about Duke, who's always got good players. Nah. And they're throwing Jabari Parker into the mix, who might be the most complete player in the country. It's going to be a great year for college basketball. I'm a Louisville fan. I wasn't impressed with the way Louisville looked at all uh, yesterday. But there's no question about it. This is a true... Very truly, a very talented crop of teams this year in the world of college basketball. Uh, is Duke your pick to win it all this year, Carolina? Duke is uh, that Parky, Parker impressed me, but the kid that transferred from Mississippi State, I thought he was going to be the one of the real big additions to them. They've got an athletic, strong forward there, and Jabari Parker, six eight, he could go out and play the point if he has to. He is, so he's uh, he's good and everything. And uh, will you gentlemen enjoy your week off next week? Uh, watch the uh, NASCAR uh, finale from Homestead. There'll be two uh, Saturday and Sunday's races. Will be uh, probably to decide the championship and uh, everything. I'll be watching them, and I'll be watching uh, uh, U of L play Houston. I, uh, I tell you what, did y'all watch that, see that game at all last night? The Central Florida game? Yes. Yeah, man, that quarterback for Houston, he had the chances, and he, he choked it away. I mean, that was... Yeah, that but was, what I'm talking about is the one call... Oh, that was I bad. That was, was bad, Carolina. You're right. And everything. Well, y'all have a good day. It's good talking to y'all, and... Uh, I beat my man the truth in for a change. You did. <laughs> Y'all yeah. have a good Have day. a great weekend, Carolina. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm surprised Truth hasn't called in to talk about his Indiana Hoosiers and, you and know, the, the comments that Pat Knight to made. Glory. Yeah. Pat Knight yeah. made these comments about Bobby Knight. Um, Bobby Knight should never come back. He should Indiana. hold a grudge. Yeah, I'm a Bob Knight fan. I love Bob Knight. I love what he did at IU. But they did him wrong, man. They turned his, they turned their back on him. They shouldn't treat him that way. Not only are Even we, though he was crazy and seen now, but still it's Bobby Knight, man. But I mean that that how would that have talk about some hazing? You know what? You never hear players like Isaiah Thomas, Calvert Cheney say anything bad about Bob Knight. You don't. But you never hear Mike Wallace or Ryan Tannehill <laughs> say anything bad about Richie Incognito. We're enjoined in studio not only by Madison Steele, who has we haven't heard much from, and I expect her to really pick the pace up over this last uh, step your part, game part up, Madison. Okay, okay, step, okay. Step your game up, Madison. Also, John Ashton, who is on the air every Sunday right after us from. 12 until, is it 2 o'clock? John is in studio with us With us also. Are, are you there, John? Can you hear me now? We can hear you. All right. Yes, I'm here. We appreciate you joining us in studio today. What's going on? In, tell our listeners, for those of our listeners who don't listen and fa- stick with us right after our show and hear your show, give a brief summary of, of your show and tell us what's going on in the world of golf. And for the heck of it, try to get Madison engaged. <laughs> <laughs> She's shaking her head. I am shaking my head. You don't play golf. I can throw the ball farther than I can hit it. Let's just say that. Well, you know, give me yeah. give me an hour and I can fix that for you. <laughs> okay. Or actually, I've heard I, that before. Actually, I can't, but I know people 
You see, that's and that's that's uh, basically the crux. The crux of the show basically is uh, we we just want everybody to have more fun playing golf, and it's uh, you know one of the the most fun things you can do, and it's addictive. And when you get out there, but a lot of people say, "Oh, it takes too much time." Well, we can fix that for you, um, or I'm not any good at it. Which, I mean, you know, have you any athletic prowess at all? Did you ever play anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I've played golf before. I'm just not good at it. Uh-huh. I laugh too much because I keep missing the ball. And uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the divot queen, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. We need more queens and out women there. women tees just are, you know, or women's <laughs> tees, I guess. I don't know. Well, see, now the, now they're the forward tees. Oh, okay. And we, we encourage everybody to use them, speed oh. everything up. Uh, basically, the show is just about uh, how you can have more fun playing golf, whether it's new equipment to play with or new techniques to play by or new places to play at which is terrible English, but, you know, you get the idea. And also we talked to um, some very interesting people uh, in the game. There's a lot of people who want to get involved in the golf business, and they're not good enough to make money playing golf, so they come up with some other way to do it. And whether it's inventing something like a, a putter with a, a ball mark repair tool on the other end of it or a putter with a laser aiming sight on it or, you know, anything like that. We even had some guys on a couple weeks ago who invented a a hollow-core golf ball, which actually got approved by the USGA. And because of the hollow-core, the physics say that the weight is distributed to the perimeter, not in the center. Therefore, when you hit the ball, it does not, the club does not exert as much side spin, so the ball goes straighter, which would be a good thing. Because hitting your second shot out of the fairway is a whole different game for most of us. And uh, once you can get down to that point, then... uh, it's a lot more fun. It's a difficult game. You know, Carlo and I, and, and Madison, we like boxing. Boxing. And, you know, there's all sorts of, um, I won't say similarities between boxing and golf, but they're, they're kind of specific niche. <laughs> there's no similarities, but they're niche-type deals, you know. Right. You, you either are a boxing fan or you're not. Uh, you either follow it or you're not. You're either a golfer or you're not, right? Is it that is it that no. simple? I, no, it's I, not. Actually. Yeah, I guess it's not. Because what happens is a lot of people resist it because, uh, you know, a lot of people think golf, that's just old man in funny pants. That's not what I think no. is, or, man, that's too hard. That's too think, hard for you me. You think it's very, very difficult. Game. Yes. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking about, you know, you guys play ball in, in, in school. What'd you play? Play football, play basketball. basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, probably messed around on a soccer field a little bit. You got kids coming up, you're going to take them out and play catch, you're going to play soccer with them, you're going to do all kinds of stuff. Good thing about golf is it's just hand-eye coordination. That's all it is. I mean, if you can play a video game, you can play golf, all right? Hmm. And, and the thing of it is, is, is when you want to go play golf, you don't have to call, like, you know, you want to go play basketball, so you've got to call at least, what, five of your closest friends? Yeah. And have, you know, three-on-three game or something like that. It's not something you can really do by yourself. You can't go out and play football alone. You know, you can't do anything. This is a game where you can play by yourself or you can play with a group of people. You can compete or not compete. When I'm playing golf with you, I'm not necessarily competing with you. There's no defense in golf. Sure. You have no effect on my game whatsoever unless you want to start messing with my head, which is a fun thing to do. <laughs> but you, you play the course. Every basketball court is the exact same dimensions. You know, every soccer field, football field, exact same dimensions. You know, the, the outfield walls are different on a baseball diamond, but the bases are all 90 feet apart. The pitcher's mound is always 60 feet, 6 inches. Every single golf course is different. So the field changes every time you go someplace different. And playing from a different tee at the same golf course makes that golf course different. 
And the fact is, I can play. I mean, I went out. We have a guy on on our show, Jeff Smith, who's a teaching pro up at Otter Creek. And I, I played in a tournament with him, and the man is a fantastic golfer. And then he called me one day and said, hey, let's go play golf for fun. And I didn't realize that you ever played golf for fun, Jeff. I thought it was always. A, he said, no, I, the only time I really get to play is when I'm just playing for fun. So the first three holes, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going intimidated going, I'm playing golf with this guy who can hit the crap out of the ball and is very accurate with his iron shots and all that kind of stuff. But there's a handicap system in golf. So if I wanted to compete with Jeff, I could almost head-to-head by using the handicap system. He would have a plus two or a plus three handicap, which means at the end of his round, he would have to add that many strokes to his score. You know, and I have an 11 handicap, which means on eleven the 11 most difficult holes, I get a stroke. So... You know, so it means that my score, basically, simplistic way of explaining it is my score at the end of the day, if I shot at 88, actually the score that I would compare to him would be 77 because I get to subtract 11 strokes from what I really shot. But then he, you, you walk away and maybe you won, but you didn't really win. No, don't, don't real, but no, but it's, it's the, the, the competitive, you, you it's can, still fun. You can level. It's the same thing with putting weight on a horse. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a handicap system that tries to level the field a little bit. But you play for fun. I went out yesterday and played, and we didn't even keep score. Of course, both of us. I mean, that which is kind of a we didn't write it down. I was going to say, mean, who, I can, what golfer yeah, doesn't? Keep I can score. tell you Come exactly on. what I shot. You know, I can tell you what holes I parred, what holes I didn't par, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But it was fun, and and. You know, we, we just we just try to get people into the mode and also uh, try to talk to people. One of the big things we do is we want to get a, more women involved in the game, more kids involved in the game because it's something that you can play for life. And and you can learn more about somebody by taking them out on a golf course than you can any other way. In fact, we, we would suggest if you ever you get engaged or you want to start dating somebody, go and play golf with them <laughs> because – Golf, as they say, golf doesn't build character; it reveals character. And you got like some it. some guy who's, <clears throat> you know, you watch him take six shots and say, "What'd you get on that?" I go, "Oh, I got a four. You go, "Okay, yeah." What else are you going to be lying about? Or somebody who hits <laughs> a bad shot and wraps the, you know, the nine iron around a tree. You go, "Okay, well, we so may have some anger issues here." You know, it reveals one's character on the golf course. The true inner self. The true inner self. Exactly. I, I can't. I can't agree with that. I lost a job. Uh huh. Over a golf game one time. Really? Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Expand upon because that, please. <laughs> when I took this job, I was asked if I played golf, and I said, "Sure, yeah, I love to play golf." Uh-huh. Well, I didn't realize at the time there's a difference between going to a um, driving range and actually getting out on the golf course. Uh-huh. So to me, yes, I played golf, and I was darn good at it. So my first week at the job, I get told, oh, well, we're going to this conference in Nashville, and uh, we're going to play this golf scramble. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait to go. I don't have clubs. I don't have shoes. (laughs) Don't know a thing about it. So at the hotel at around midnight, my boss at the time is making me putt down the hall so I can practice. (laughs) Yeah. 
And um, <laughs> and as the story goes, it just got worse from there because he, yeah. he realized that I'd never truly played golf. We were going to play golf on the golf course where the the, the WPGA just finished. <laughs> Okay, so it just, um, I didn't even know how to drive the golf cart. I ended up putting it in reverse and backed into our potential customers, and yeah, I <laughs> lost the job. Uh-huh. <laughs> one <laughs> might I say, thought I could golf. You know, one might say it wasn't golf that lost you the job. But <laughs> you just said it, was, it revealed my character, so I yeah, they thought I was a complete bimbo. <laughs> yeah. Which, which you're not at That's all. That's why I said I could throw it farther than I can yeah. hit it, so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, no one is born with the innate talents necessary to uh, to play golf well. Although some are more predisposed to it than others, my brother—I yeah. have a younger brother who, when we were growing up, I don't know if it was a, his attention span or whatnot—when we would pick up clubs, he would just crush the ball naturally. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. exaggerating, but yeah. um, he was well, not, not really because yeah, I, mean, I mean I've he, got he a nine-year-old now who, who, when he was five years old, he, we cut down a club for him and. Uh, you know, he, he missed the first couple times he swung. And then, you know, we had a, a golf teacher who just said, this is, you know, this is how you stand. This is where you stand and just swing nice and easy. And he did. And he hit it about 20 yards straight in the air. And from that point on, the kid's been hooked. At nine. At, that happened at five. Oh, at five. Yeah. In so fact, I, he's he's off school tomorrow and we're going to go play golf and he's coming with us. How old is he now? Nine. Okay. He's nine, nine. now. Wow. So, Carlo, yeah. are you a golfer? You know, when I was in college, I went to the driving range a lot. I was very uh, dedicated to learning a game. I just mm-hmm. kind of fell off. I want to get back into it. You should. Now I know I can get free lessons, so I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get oh, back yeah. in the game. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. I got. I got. I got. I meant to bring my clubs today, man. They're laughable, but I'm, I'm gonna have to remember to bring them next week so I can show you, man. But it's <laughs> they're laughable. You know, and one of the things we also like to say too is, you know, there's been a lot of technology technology coming into the game, a lot of technological improvements on clubs and stuff. And technology can overcome ability. Really? Yes. Mm. Wow. Yes. Mm. So it'll make me a better golfer. Yes. Wow. It will. It will. And all you have to remember is your job is not not to swing. And there's, we keep telling people, swing fast. You get distance by swinging fast. But what most people will do is swing hard. And swinging hard is antithetical to what you have to do. Because you swing hard and you're going to mess it up. Just swing fast. And the difference between swinging hard and swinging fast is something you really have to go out and do and feel. It's, it's hard to explain verbally, but you try it and it works quite well. Let me ask you this. In the world sure. of golf, I know you're not a Tiger fan. <laughs> I know he's, what, three behind right now? Yeah. He's in third place? Last, last I checked, yeah. Who do you consider to be the best young up-and-coming golfer right now on the scene? Best young up and coming golfer, well, based on results from last year, would have to be um, my good friend. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, um, oh, what's his name? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, I had it right on the tip of my tongue when you asked me the question, too. Um, Justin. Is he the South African guy? No, no, he's oh, an American okay. uh, college kid from Texas. Well, Justin Thomas is, is a Louisville boy who um, won um, the, the equivalent of golf's Heisman Trophy when he was playing for Alabama, and he's just become a pro. Okay. And uh, Jordan Spieth, thank you very much, that's his name, Jordan Spieth, who um, was one of the guys, also he was, he was a collegiate golfer at Texas, left college early to join the tour, started on the tour last year without a tour card, he was just getting exemptions from sponsors to come in now and again and play when they had an opening spot, and wound up in the top ten on the money list at the end of the tour. 
I mean, the kid's 20, 21 years old, made about $3.5 million last year. Wow. And he is good. Now, one of the things that people say is that Jordan Spieth could never beat Justin Thomas Mm -hmm. in head-to-head competitions when they were out playing an NCAA competition together. And Justin, again, whose dad's the, uh, I believe, the pro at uh, Harmony Landing, I think. But um, okay, local boy. But the, that's going to be a good, a good head-to-head thing because they're friends. They've competed against each other in college, and now they're both going to be on the PGA Tour this year. I see Jack but, Nicholson is kind of back in the news. I don't know if you were his grandson playing for Florida, Florida State. State oh, indeed, yeah, he's yeah. he's a bad boy at tight end. Yeah, Jack Nichol- Jack Jack Nicholas actually left his own tournament for a day to go wow. down to Florida. And watch his grandson play down there. So yeah, it sounds he's a chip yeah. off the old block. That's he, it. Yeah, he has got some greatness in him. He's he's one of the top tight ends in the college football right now. Yeah, uh, I think last I checked, he had about five or six touchdowns, which is leading all tight ends. Yeah, that's, so you think Alabama, Florida State national championship? Yeah, I'm, I'm liking that's Florida State. Doing? I like their really? offense. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a. I don't like the way Nick Saban left the NFL. So okay. I, I, that's why I don't like Nick Saban. I'm not a Nick Saban guy. <laughs> I felt like he quit on the Miami Dolphins, and he's yeah. probably the whole reason for this whole Richie Incognito story because he left them uh, hanging dry. You think so? I blame Nick Saban. Nick okay. Saban. Well, that's that. easy to do. He's not but, uh, to defend himself there. So you know, he, he even his championship with LSU that was a co championship. I don't think people remember that. Yeah, he shared that national championship with LSU. But yeah. he, he's doing great things at Alabama. Three mm-hmm. national. You know, he's got two. Maybe going on his third there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be better than Barry Bryant. Oh, nobody will ever. Yeah, you know. he won't. He won't get to, get he, to that. He doesn't level. wear the hat. He doesn't have the icon <laughs> that you can point to. You know, with the slick back, so, the slick hair. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, those guys are dime a dozen. Slick back hair in the coaching ranks, man. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. What, what's, like, you're talking about uh, Tiger, though. Yeah. Have you heard the? Um, I mean, not only he shot nine under par, and he missed a couple of easy putts for birdie. He could have had a 59, but he broke the record at this course over in Turkey uh, on the second round shot way up to where he always needs to be before the final round, which is, you know, second or third place. Wouldn't be at all surprised if he won that tournament. Um, of course, he has got it. doesn't have to win. He already got his millions just for showing up because <laughs> it's officially a European tour thing. But have you heard the controversy that with uh, Brandon Chambly? No, I've not heard Tiger that. No, Woods. please, please educate us. Uh, he's a Golf Channel commentator and a Golf Magazine writer, and he basically accused Tiger of cheating. During last year, because of those those couple, uh, is that couple the guy that was watching it on TV? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no he, was, he was there he was watching. There. Okay. He was doing play by play. But, but in, and that's another thing about professional golf that really ticks me off is, you know, you're a boxing fan. How many times have you called in and said, <laughs> "Wait a minute, now my card says this is the score," and had them take your call? Never. You know, yeah, that was kind of a weird situation where somebody ha- called it in. It happens yeah. all the time. It does in the golf. Guys watching on TV call in so, and say, "Yo, you know, uh, he ground his club in that." So, are uh, these people calling club. in actual officials? Do they get paid to watch it no, on TV? No, they're just hmm. they're just folks. And you know, and the and the thing that gets me a is where do they get the phone number? <laughs> I mean, I got no phone number to get through to these guys. B is why are they given any credibility? Because you know, I could. As you say, you don't like Tiger. Well, I don't have any animosity against Tiger. I just think he's he's been overhyped. Things overrated. Yeah, but no, maybe not. I mean, he is the the best golfer in the world, and has even been, now. You yeah, still think he's now. the best golfer I think, now? I think he is. He hasn't won any majors. Oh, that's, you know, no. 
Phil. He, he is number Phil's Phil's one of more oh, recent. Phil, Phil has he's won he's well, recently won a major. And that and that's the thing. Shambly said that Phil was better than Tiger because Phil won, you know, just as many um, tournaments, and and then had had uh, you know somebody said, well, one of those was the Scottish. He didn't win on the PGA Tour. He won on the European Tour, so it doesn't count. Yada yada yada. I mean, Phil is good, um, but Phil has a tendency to uh, to crack. Well, it took him you know, a long time to win his first major. It did. It took he, him he, a very long time. He, he was kind of like the Boston Red Sox there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, don't be bad mouth. <laughs> but once the Red he Sox, when he man. first won his when he first won, yeah, he's been like on the, a roll ever the, since. The floodgates yeah, opened yeah. when he did that. Yeah. See, there's what is it? Was it Bobby Jones who said who said um, uh, no? I guess it was Yogi Berra who said 100 percent of the game's 90 percent mental or something like that. But but Bobby Jones said that golf is a game played on a field that's five inches wide. Mm-hmm. It's all in your head. I like you, that. You can get out there and. And you ruin your own game just by thinking negatively. Okay, but isn't that true with any any athlete? <laughs> I mean, once you once you get it, that mentality. Yeah, I can't do this. I can't yeah. do this. So you're not going to do it. But, or you're missing free throws, or what? You know, yeah. missing passes. You, yeah, that's true. Every, every athlete gets into that, but but it, it's it seems to be again because it's one on one. It it seems to be you know something that that is more. Uh, in, in golf seems to be more negative more often. But, you know, for the the average golfer, one of the things we like to say is, like, uh, water hazards have magnetic pull for golf balls because every time I got a water hazard, I'm in the water. Well, sports psychologists will tell you that's because when you stand at the tee, what you're saying in your head is don't put it in the water. Right, and that's where it's going. But your brain doesn't function negatively. What your brain hears is put it in the water and does what it needs to do to do that. So you always have to look positively when you're out there and say, you know, put it on the green or put it in the fairway, not don't put it in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that works so much better. But the intimidation factor in golf is, is again, because it's a, it's a singular thing. It's a lot more serious. Tell us what's coming up in the world of golf. Tell our listeners that they don't usually get this education about uh, golf. Tell us what's As coming up, what to look for. Time to take the gloves off. To. Yeah. Put the different gloves on. Eh? <laughs> uh, January is always a big time in golf because you've got the uh, the PGA merchandise show. And all of the big and small and unknown manufacturers are all sitting around with something in their back pocket that they're going to show up in Orlando with in January and, and show you the latest and the greatest. So if you're looking for some new clubs, go buy them in January because this year's models are going to be like really, really cheap. And next year's models are going to be even more better because, <laughs> uh, you know, they have to do something. This planned obsolescence rears its head so often in this in this business. So that's it. But again, and, and then uh, on the on the pro tour, I, I'm sure. I mean, Tiger's Tiger's back. Basically, he had he had a long time coming back from his. I don't think he's going to win another fight. major. I think he's done. What do you know? I think so. too. I think he lost his mojo with the. Uh, I think the women kept him going. Well, I'm yeah, saying when, more ways than one. Maybe. When, yeah. Well, I think, I, think, that, I think, I don't know, maybe he needs to get a few stripper girlfriends again or something. I don't know what went on well with that. But a five iron through the back window of your SUV could probably put the fear <laughs> of God into you. Uh, but he's he's got a, a, a much more, um, how, how should we say, uh, even keeled social life now. Well, he has the, mean, hot, the hot skier. Yeah, Lindsey yeah. Vaughn, yeah. yeah. She's hot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't shake your head. <laughs> I have no problem in saying a woman is hot, but I don't think that you don't she think is she's hot. hot. No I way. Like no. no. Maybe he's just settling. You think? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, ever since he started dating her, it seemed like he got his game back a little bit. Just not, He's just not winning majors. Okay, but That's look the at the key. difference between him and her. Okay, she's not out partying and running around and everything else. So, yeah, she was probably something that was steady with him, consistent. And, yeah, he had to come around to that because he liked her. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, would like, I like her, too. Ugh. <laughs> and the thing with Tiger is, is you get, I mean, get get the realistic thing. He's going to make millions of dollars a year whether he wins a major or not. Sponsorships, yeah. You know, he's got the sponsorships. And, and like I said, he showed up in Turkey in this. You know he just didn't say one day, hey, I want to go play in this Turkish tournament. You know, the guys called him and said, hey, how many millions of dollars would it take for you to come play in this tournament? So he was going to walk out with a check for a couple million dollars whether he finished first or last. But the fact that he's trying to finish first leads me to believe that, that – Something the competitive bug has bitten him once again. I mean, you know? If I buy the purchase of the same clubs that Tiger uses, will that make me a better golfer? <laughs> will uh, I play like Tiger? Let me let me ask answer that two ways. One is no, and two is you can't buy the same clubs Tiger uses because oh, Tiger walks into Nike and custom made, custom made, huh? okay. custom made. So everything's built to fit his his body frame and the, the way he swings. Everything's right. custom to right to, to him. We do which, look a little bit like him though. I don't know if that's a compliment. Or not. Um, I don't know. Usually, I hear I look like Dave Chappelle, so I, I guess I take it as a compliment. But then the other thing, the other side of that coin is that if you if you bought clubs with the same technique Tiger uses, if you go to a club smith or even even a sporting goods store and get fitted, don't buy anything off the rack, but just say this this is what I want. I want a set of clubs that fit me exactly. And they will take you into the rooms with the monitors, and they'll have you swing, and they'll know how you swing, and they will adapt the clubs that you want to buy to how the the actual direction of your swing, the speed of your swing, the consistency of your swing, uh, you know, your height, the way you, you do it. And um, so, yeah, you will be able to play better if you use the same technique the pros use, but not the same clubs. When we get out there on the on the, the practice course together, I need you to help me with my swing. My slice is to the right every time. Mm-hmm. I can't correct it. Don't know what I'm doing wrong. Oh, that's that's I've, why you can't correct it because you a, don't know what you're doing wrong. I've had a couple people who, who said they were good at golf to try to show me, and it still hasn't worked yet. So I, yeah. I look forward to linking up with you and you showing me some, you know, give me some yeah. some better techniques to help me out with my swing. Yeah, that won't be hard. Maybe the hollow ball will help. The hollow ball couldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know. do, do you have Do you have any? Um, I think I've got one in my oh, bag okay. somewhere. Right. Yeah, still left over. Although the uh, the the outside has been improved over what it was last year. So it because it sounded like you were hitting a metal ball. Now is that is, is that something that you would practice with, or is that something you just kind of keep as a souvenir? As a souvenir? No, you would you, would, you, you use, use it. Okay, you only, use it, yeah. so the one you you have, you use it before. I've used it once. Okay. Yeah. Well, what and, if you lose it? Well, th- well, that's why I only have one. <laughs> okay. I see. I used to have a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, no, the the first the first um, the first round of the balls I came out with uh, basically sounded funny because you take a metal club and hit this plastic covered metal ball and it sounded like a metal ball hmm. and you didn't get that that macho thwack when you hit the ball correctly. And mm. when you hit a ball and it goes, tink. Well, that's know, what mm. it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I got it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you got your work cut out for you, dealing with Madison still and myself. We're going to yeah. plan, a, plan a date. I can do it a couple of days a week. I can get out to the driving range. Well, there you go.
But we we'll have, we'll have to plan something soon. See, and, and that's good too because once you get the the technique down and you see how well it, how easy you can come and how well you can do it, then you're going to want to do it all. I the can start time. playing for money. Yeah, live yeah. with that fantasy. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Make some business deals out on the golf course. <laughs> well, guys, we, we appreciate, you know, it's been a great show. I appreciate all our listeners bearing with us through the electricity problems we had earlier in the show. Um, yeah, <laughs> Not did, been a good day, huh? It's been a good day, but, but <laughs> we've had to have some patience from our listeners. All right. Uh, John Ashton of Those Weekend Golf Guys, stay tuned. You get to hear, as you do every Sunday from 12 until 2 p.m., John and his, you know, That's golf it? talk. Get you through the rest of your Sunday. We can talk you into a better game. See, we've improved you guys already. <laughs> hey, I'm stoked. I can't wait to get out there. <laughs> One thing I did want to get to before we go is I, I got uh, – I can't li- forget about my mom. She ran in the Louisville Sports Commission half marathon today, and she said she wanted me to mention it on the air. So great job, Mom. Yay, and great mom. job to all the runners out there who, who completed the marathon. She finished? She finished. She survived? She survived. Man, she is cool. The Weekend Sports Buzz Sunday edition will take a week off next Sunday, but be sure to tune in on Saturday from 9 to 11 and come back to us the following Sunday on Sunday from not, uh, from 10 until 12 for more Weekend Sports Buzz.